0: into life outside we've been in this room too long Recreation is keeping us self-contained so and aware of each other's form still and in full strides just the same keeping us warm walking in straight
1: lines talking to sleep at night Cuddled You never masturbate. could completely quit Bushwick, though. <sighs>
0: <laughs> the tagline of my biography
1: <laughs> We made an agreement before we started That it wasn't just going to be me making fun of David
0: In general, or yeah. tonight specifically? Tonight no <laughs> <more>. <laughs> That would no longer be what our relationship would mostly be Watch video, only differences <laughs> is so we can either. I guess we could, just, we could just kind of start. I mean, this is our our holiday episode. Wonderful. Which, yeah. It's uh, very exciting. Hi, Cat. Hi. I mean, I thought maybe we could do it this way. We'll see. We can just edit it out. It's not good.
1: Okay. Um, happy holidays to yeah. Matthew Schrader and Anne Libby.
2: Hello. Thank you, Cat. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. You see why
1: we almost never do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sounds completely insane <laughs> happy holidays to you David yeah. <laughs> exactly um, but, uh, well so one thing that we do we have a, a new segment a brand brand new segment um, we have a letter from the audio Grinch uh, mm-hmm. which you know it's the holidays he he sends his letter every year we haven't read one on uh, the air before it's controversial among the one of us wants to read this but the other one doesn't want you doesn't want our listeners to even hear it oh Um, i wonder
3: who's who because he has
0: some (laughs) because he has some controversial thoughts he has some controversial thoughts so i'm going to read a little bit of this letter (laughs) and uh we'll talk about it briefly and then we're going to move to the main topic of this episode the year in sculpture 2017 yeah um which uh i mean i can't think of anything more exciting to talk about um but so here's this letter from from the audio grinch um hello david Another year's bounty in sugar and plums, no doubt. Another year's harvesting audio, churning it and churning it. Knocking it upwards, sideways, backwards. And what has this year brought you, my dear David and my darling cat? A soft handful of enthusiasts. Listen to me, the audio grinch. The fields where audio thrives. They produce good and they bring ill. The sun that rises well to the east will not shine in the west. It may be the right light for its position, or it may not be. We cannot know. But the fields bring good, and the good will come. Do not abandon the fields. But hear this, David. You are truly doomed. This I tell you as the Grinch of audio. You can never win. You will never win. Fresh audio is everywhere. And it will overtake. It will overtake both of you. It goes on more like this.
2: <laughs> I'd, I'd like to hear more. Yeah, I would <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Well, I'll read, you, I'll read you the other paragraph, the last paragraph. We'll cut to the end. This process will destroy you and your podcast. And in your naivete, you've forgotten to tell people to write iTunes reviews, to give four-star ratings, to say the name they cannot remember that never existed at all. This, this I write as the Audio Grinch, here to bring a bad cheer to you at the end of 2017. Although he's he's excited, he does say later on he's excited to hear your guys' thoughts about sculpture in twenty seventeen. Oh wow! Um, I mean, he says later on. Yeah, I mean. So, <laughs> so, in, so it
3: goes on. In a postscript. <laughs>
1: yeah. what? What's? <laughs> a brief postscript. Interesting, also
3: that he knew that we were going to record this episode before it's been announced.
0: Or. Um... Well, I mean, he's a complicated character. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say where he fits in I mean I know you know there's a uh, kind of limited western idea of like time and things and mm. the audio grinch scrambles all of that the mm. audio
4: grinch doesn't subscribe to western time <laughs> exactly or Euclidean <laughs> geometry
1: Arctic <laughs> um David I think you read that really beautifully
0: thank you Kat you're welcome um but uh but his ideas are controversial and I think they're gonna continue to re- reverberate through all of, throughout all of
3: 2018 every year man yeah
0: And I, I, how, do you, how do you read that this this idea of destruction what do you what do you make of that it's a good question because you know with the podcast it never goes anywhere i mean it never dies. uh mm. so it's hard to say i mean we could just stop doing the podcast Absolutely could, that could. could maybe be what he's talking about <laughs> oh. um but i mean he's being a little melodramatic i think
1: <laughs> i don't know
0: it's it's hard to, it's hard to say he's a, does he
1: write every episode
0: um no he only um
4: yeah let's can we get a little more backstory on this audio gringe? yeah who is who is
2: this <laughs> sometimes guy he'll text me
0: late at night after like an episode that he likes you know sometimes he'll forget to that he did that at all oh um he t- he, he takes ambient <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but he sends us long letters you know at the end of the air you know we have a, f- a few fans and some of them he like does he right.
4: self-identify as audio grinch yeah that... okay
0: yeah I didn't... Um, That would be... I mean, I'm a mean guy, I guess, in some ways, but that would be a cruel uh, nickname.
3: Yeah, Grinch is like... um, It's not like a title you can give someone.
0: No. You just kind of... It's just a thing that you are. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know. Some people are just like... Some people are presents, and some people are coal.
1: And some people make sculptures. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> a
0: clean se- a clean segue mm. into the reason that we're here, mm. um, the year in sculpture 2017, um, it's been a strange year, it's been a year, uh, with some, some twists, and some turns, and I don't know, I thought that would be, for some reason, a hilarious <laughs> thing to bring you guys in and talk about. <laughs> Maybe you prepared some notes, right, or you, you, yeah you, yeah, you yeah. came yeah. in with a thought. Yeah, um,
3: yeah, but, you know, I think, not, not to just jump right into it. Yeah. But. Um, I'm prepared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's start. Let's start there. I mean, you know, I like one of the things. Like, I mean, one of the images that I definitely had in my in the background. Like, maybe this is crazy, but like the um, the like image of the Trump wall like prototypes. You know, mm. like uh, which is like one of oh, that's in our separate podcast. The images of 2017. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it. I it speaks. So year I don't know you know something sculpture something about sculpture yeah sure um, yeah
3: I mean it, uh year in sculpture is also kind of like a year in um, thinking about power or like power relationships so the Trump wall like makes a lot of sense I think to, yeah. start, to start there
0: and it has been I mean you know not to get too radio but like what a year and like a shift you know definitely, sh- shifted dynamic. definitely. yeah um But, so, like, what, you know, when you think about the shows or the things that you, that you've sort of seen this year. What came up to the top of that? That crazy-ass queen of (laughs) yours, Matt. Um,
3: Well, I guess it, you know, begins, like, before the year with the election. Um, Right. And, you know, you have, on one hand, the election... On the other hand, um, things like Standing Rock happening, which um, you know isn't sculpture, but it is um, a mobilization and reorganization of like a social space and um, a mobilization of materials in in resistance to state power and um, infrastructure. Yeah. So I think that's totally connected to. The Trump Wall prototypes that you're talking about.
0: It was also like an intense mobilization of people's like attention and imagery, like just to even like transmit what was happening there, which I feel like developed really quickly and is like something that's kind of continued to develop throughout the year.
1: And it was a physical space, like it, they yeah. occupied.
0: Right,
3: totally. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a physical space, and it was um, it was a social space, and it was like a communal space, and it was a space that was both acting to physically disrupt um, the action of like completing the pipeline and serving as um, you know a literal sort of uh, space to sleep and eat and you know conduct social relationships basically well
4: I was actually upon thinking about the subject 2017 in sculpture um, I was kind of thinking about, all the monument removal or the desire to remove monuments and just how like a collective action like that kind of becomes sculptural also so I think I don't know sort of a similar kind of thinking about you know
3: yeah totally that's that's kind of like where that's where I put my emphasis of the year hmm. also hmm. um and yeah yeah I mean what what do you what do you think about um or what do you make of that
4: um well i guess i was sort of thinking about these ideas of like um like editing history and i mean kind of basic things about like changing um sort of historical portrayal of what's happened um but also generating new histories and like what that can mean but um I don't know. It's very it's very complicated, and uh, I feel like in a way it's it's like very case specific um, and and site specific. Like when um, when some of these sculptures are insights that you encounter on a daily basis, I think it's really different than when you have to travel somewhere to experience them or uh, you know make more of an effort to encounter them. I think your interaction is probably different. Yeah.
1: But that's an interesting point that you bring up, that the, the editing itself is sort of site specific and needs to be sort of contextually based, given that, you know, monuments have a history of sort of having a sort of an archetypal I- idea of how they're going to look and where they're going to be and how they're going to be presented. And they are some they were somewhat regulated when they were <coughs> erected. Sure. And so that question of nuance and whether one is valid or not, or whether it should be eradicated or whether it should just be moved, or how to kind of deal with that, is sort of an interesting, I think, very twenty seventeen question. Definitely.
3: And I, I would think that this woman Takia Thompson is um, kind of like the best, sort of the best artist this year. Um,
4: Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop listening now. <laughs> no, well, she, so she
3: she is a college student in in, in Durham. That, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's a college student in in Durham uh, who, uh, during a protest, climbed to the top of a Confederate uh, monument outside of the courthouse and uh, tied a rope around the sculpture and then let the sort of you know let the crowd pull the sculpture to the ground. So she both sort of, um, you know, identifies the monument as this sort of like problematic site. Um, it's, it's situation outside of the courthouse and it's sort of like reproduction of a certain kind of like um, white supremacy. Um, so she uses the rope as a kind of like sculptural implement, um, but then throws it to the crowd and lets the sort of like group of people pull it to the ground. And the resulting sculpture is incredible. It's like this crumpled wow. um, monument, which reveals that, um, you know, what sort of stood as this kind of uh, symbol of Confederate power is actually hollow. And um, you know, just like seeing that crumpled sculpture or you know monument uh, with the ropes are sort of still tied around it, um, with a group. Sort of standing around this thing, I feel like is sort of like the, the sort of uh, is like the image that I take away from this year.
1: Yeah, hmm. yeah, hmm. which is so much more powerful as an image, or obviously as an image, but just as a gesture, than just completely eradicating the the offensive iconography, right? Like just like kind of like taking it down and like just quietly um, disposing of it.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it should be a quiet removal, but I think they should all be disposed of and, like, totally um, destroyed. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely.
1: There's, um, there's a sculpture in Greenwood Cemetery, which is right near where we record, um, that used to be in a much more prominent part of the city. That's called, I think, Genius, like, some, something along the lines of Genius stepping over the heads of his, um, distractions. And it's basically just, like, a man crushing the heads of multiple women, like, oh my God. with his, with his, like, feet and hands while he, um, <laughs> clambers, like, reaching toward the sky. It's one of and, these
0: controversial misogynist sculptures.
1: Yeah, and they, um, I think they rightly, although I don't know, maybe Matt disagrees like they rightly decided to salvage it and not <clears throat> do away with it completely because it's an interesting sort of marker of a certain moment um, and instead put it in Greenwood Cemetery and contextualize it and um...
4: I was discussing um, some of these issues um, with an artist that I work for and um, she was telling me that in Stalingrad um, there were like a lot of statues of monuments to Stalin that were removed and apparently there's like a graveyard for those statues which I th- mm. thought was kind of interesting like a designated space where uh, those kind of ruins can be still visited and um, you know interacted with but in, in this kind of other state and other place and that mm. seemed kind of like you know a way of not erasing something but seeing it in a you know renewed context
3: mm.
1: that's interesting yeah as a way of getting around because erasure is sort of almost the opposite of what you want to do right like
4: right
3: well but no if, if these are monuments of, of white supremacy I think erasing them is exactly what I want to do
1: really Yeah. rather yeah. than sort of <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
3: because
0: <laughs> well, what you're saying about the piece that you're describing if, if, from what I from what you're saying, was that like that sort of turns one of these sculptures into a ruin that like forces or asks for client kind of participation that like generates this other kind of active conversation? But that like if the idea that that's an artwork also implies that like just ha- just letting them become ruins like isn't enough like they're, well, but... they're still too powerful like or like they still are not even powerful but they still are like these images like they don't need a to live yeah
3: yeah I don't think so yeah. Um, I mean, well, and, and I guess specifically I should say that that wasn't um, the the woman who sort of initiated this action has never referred to this as an artwork. Uh, or yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of uh, thinking of her in this context and thinking of the action in this context. Yeah,
4: totally. Sorry, just to uh, follow up on something. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah, yeah, to yeah. interrupt you. Um, I agree that the monuments as they exist now as functioning monuments should be eradicated if they're, you know, supporting white supremacy, supporting things that I don't agree with. Um, but I think that, uh, I guess I, I also kind of, I feel like the erasure is like a problem for me because I feel like um, the complete erasure is a problem because I just think there are, there, there are these um, people that will kind of need to s- need factual evidence of these things to to know that they happened in a way. And, but but oh, I don't. Sorry.
3: But I don't think that's how like a monument. Um, I don't think that's to me. That's not what a monument does. Like, I think you know. I'm not saying you should like remove. Uh the Confederate Army from textbooks or something. but like um, having symbols of, of, of having symbols of an ideology that directly opposes the existence of you know, a population of a city just seems like totally ridiculous and should, to me, just be destroyed.
1: So that's an interesting question because you're talking about the difference between a monument, right, mm. that mm-hmm. is upheld literally on a pedestal and that gives a certain uh, gives a certain message to mm-hmm. the communities that it is erected within, and the object itself, which, in the case of the monument that was pulled down and that was sort of mauled and kind of crumpled. Mm. That in itself is more of a sculpture. It's more of a it's more of an object that you know has import and weight and it has a physical value which is distinct from its sort of um, psychic weight as a monument. So maybe like I think we're yeah
4: but I I agree with you that they shouldn't continue to exist as monuments just to right yeah to, yeah, to, yeah. To double that.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah well, but I think it's an important distinction because I think it's just like people like what I feel like this is where people get like um, or this conversation gets confusing because I, I don't understand the value of of keeping a Confederate monument in any form. Like, I don't think that removing a Confederate monument will in any way um, change history or um, change the way that anyone, like, thinks about what has happened in history, right?
1: But as Anne was saying, there is that sort of scary line where... There are people who, if they don't have evidence of a narrative, they will refuse to believe that that, that historical narrative occurred. And that's, I mean, obviously, like, we're not relying on monuments <laughs> for, like, our <laughs> historical, I mean, most like, people are memory. Uh, yeah. But...
3: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like appealing to the lowest common denominator here. Sort
1: of. But, I mean, I think there's something... Um, there, there is something to the idea of just erasure on its own terms as being as problematic because you are just cutting out something that's horribly painful that people had to deal with. And in that way, you're not really honoring their pain.
3: Yeah, but by keeping it, you're, you're re... Oh,
1: I'm not arguing to keep it. <laughs>
3: Well, okay, but just to, to I mean, by keeping it, you're actively reinscribing that pain to, to like black people in the US every day, like every, every time someone in Durham had to go to court and pass this Confederate monument as they're entering court, that's just like, that's, that's a, it's totally, um, it's like setting up what's going to happen before anything happens you know, every time you see this sculpture before you go into court, before you move through Durham, you know.
1: Also, I think I backtrack because I think it's kind of up to the people who uh, lived Im- among whatever offensive iconography is in question. It's, yeah. It's up to them to decide what to do with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Really, I think it's very yeah. case case by case. Yeah specific.
3: I, I have some quotes that might be um, might be helpful. Perfect. Um, so, the, the president um, tweeted after a series of monuments were removed, um, sad to see the history and culture of our great country being ripped apart with the removal of our beautiful statues and monuments. You can't change history, but you can learn from it. Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, <laughs> who's next? Washington? Jefferson? <laughs> so foolish also the beauty that's being taken out of our cities towns and parks will be greatly missed and never able to be comparably replaced <laughs> so that's the
1: other funny thing is that like no one thinks those are beautiful <laughs> well no he
3: does i mean they do and he does yeah. i think that's you know
1: he doesn't he he doesn't care
3: i think a lot of people think these are beautiful and they think that that is an important and beautiful part of history.
0: I mean I think if you replace it then with like Washington, which is like in some ways, you know, not what we're actually talking about taking down, but in a broader sense it's like I mean, it seems like the future where we really reevaluate what our relationship with these founding father figures is. Like sure. is is a conversation that's like not that far in the you know, in yeah. the future. So like in a way he's like right. Like I mean but I mean, we all get that they think that like George Washington's sculptures are really beautiful, right? Or like those paintings are. I mean. Well, but fine. but but I mean, the whole the reason the reason the march in in
3: Charlottesville happened was because people were protecting a sculpture, a statue of um, Robert E. Lee. Yeah. They were. They were. They had rallied to sort of block um, an attempt at removing this this monument. So I think those people that surrounded that monument and sort of put their bodies on the line to protect its continuation as a symbol of power and a symbol of like the Confederacy. Yeah. Um, do find these things beautiful and important totally. and, and and sort of necessary parts of their lives. For them
0: it's like Washington's life. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Something's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. me.
0: Now, uh, and Libri, you said that uh you were thinking about the materials of twenty seventeen. Um and, yeah, and you...
4: one was fabric and one was uh stone. Mm. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. You unpack fabric first. Okay, fabric, I feel like there's kind of been this um there had been this. Um, sort of push towards like digital like the digital space and um, technology and production and um, maybe that was like 2016 or 2015 and then there was this kind of there's been this shift towards like a kind of craft or um, the handmade and I also think it has to do with a certain idea that certain people have about um, the feminine or something or like a women's kind of craft um, which is interesting and that was sort of like a broad topic that I was thinking about Um, and then stone uh, I also think is interesting just having had that conversation about monuments Um, but I think it possibly involves like a certain kind of like investment in working with it that um, feels like a shift in a way Um, but I don't know it's so much of this just depends on like what you expose yourself to at what time in a way so do we uh,
3: yeah yeah no I think I think I think that's a really interesting um, two two interesting materials to point out and I think like thinking about stone also has so much to do with the monument, as you're saying, and and thinking about like how, um, how different people have maybe used that in a way that's sort of like ag- against or um, invested in sort of like new ways of dealing with monumentality or something. Um, and one person that comes to mind is um, Beverly B cannon who had this incredible show at the Brooklyn Museum um, you know and she she lived in New York and then at a certain point moved to Georgia um, in the 70s and she started making these works with like chunks of stone that she would um, sort of situate as monuments outside of um, like she she realized that um, a construction company, like in Georgia, near where she lived, um, had started hiring um, black men, and so she thought that that was like an interesting um, sort of change in culture, and she decided to make this like kind of low key monument to this change in sort of like racist hiring practices. So she like took a bunch of stones and. Assembled them outside of this place of business, um, but didn't announce that and left no sign saying that that's what this was. So um, she kind of like, you know, she's kind of like actively repurposing or re engaging with like how a monument can function um, against the logic of the monument or something. Yeah. Sorry. Um... Eisenstein's epic... Say this
4: again. Okay, wait.
3: Start over. Okay, so, um... (laughs) In Rosalind Krause's Passages in Modern Sculpture, um, chapter one, Narrative Time, The Question of the Gates of Hell, uh, the book begins... The very first thing that's considered in the book is October, Sergei Eisenstein's film about the Soviet Revolution. opens with a shot of a statue of Nicholas II, who was the Tsar of Russia um, and goes on to sort of um, pan over the sort of features of the sculpture as a kind of um, symbol of power. And then um, the scene sort of cuts to this sculpture um, tied up with ropes and... um, films people basically pulling this sculpture off of its pedestal. So this book like considering um, the origins of modern sculpture begins by looking at a monument being removed basically by the people. Because sculptures like the history of sculpture is so connected to the monument and to architecture which are all sort of um, you know tools of the state power, so um, beginning thinking about the history of modern sculpture by like talking about the, the Russian Revolution and the kind of like you know, um, removal of these kind of like old symbols of power, it seems totally relevant and it seems like um, I don't know, I think we're just like at another moment now of, can, of like kind of like digging into what symbols of power are and like how how to like how to consider um symbols of power as artists or something
0: yeah
1: it's funny because it's a very american notion in a certain way of power as space as as area as power as the ability to command a certain um, i mean it's it's not american it's it's I guess a eurocentric idea mm-hmm. of power as having command over a certain amount of space that you dictate the terms of, um, and that's an interesting question for sculpture, because obviously, like contemporary sculptors that are, you know, grappling with those issues, like have to contend, have to kind of come up against the question of like, well, I'm assuming a certain amount of space just by the nature of my making this work and putting it in the world.
3: Totally. And what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Um, or well, how do you think about that? I guess that, it again? was kind of,
4: I guess it was more thinking when you were talking about this idea of sculpture being tied to monumentality as... of this idea of like sculpture being tied to this idea of permanence and like what that how i think about my work in relation to that and like um i and the first answer is like i don't really know Uh, i feel like it's something i think about a lot in my work like um yet it yet like that the actual permanence is like kind of rarely actualized um Anyway, I'm just kind of thinking through that Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think a lot of these monuments are put in place with the idea that they are there kind of in perpetuity. um, Which is is kind of unique in a way to Mm -hmm.
1: anything.
3: Totally. Yeah.
1: But I think what we're all pushing up against is that... The monuments in question were all made by a particular crew of people who were white male landowners, right? And so... And
3: politicians.
1: Political white male landowner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally,
3: peeps.
1: totally. Um, which is like a very specific subsect sure. of the American community. So like the, you know... Um, it's a very different question for you to be making an object that's taking up space.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. Um, but I also think there is this, these, just these questions, very basic questions about like using materials in, you know, a world where like climate change is, uh, feels so like tangible and... Close and um, I mean there's just a lot of like I mean I I feel like I'm kind of just broadening it up wildly and maybe irresponsibly but like the the act of making thing making things is like very complicated to justify at this moment and um anyway sorry just kind of yeah sprawling
1: (laughs) you know there's always like Andy Goldsworthy Never which about him. Is, <laughs> it's a joke but it's not he's a great artist i think he and william wegman are the least celebrated under under recognized artists of our time i feel like william
4: <laughs> wegman's pretty like pretty recognized yeah he's coming around yeah i think gold hes gotten it's got nothing of a
0: praise from the <laughs> he entered he entered the field
1: wait why do you think that's funny matt well, <laughs>
3: I just think that he, why are
4: you laughing Matt? Yeah,
3: you doing, <laughs> I think that Andy Goldsworthy is is he's just another um, maybe just another another brand of um, like a kind of egocentric white man um, having like nature fantasies or something.
1: yeah, but have you ever seen fall leaves in an eddy?
3: Um, I can't say that I have.
1: What <laughs> is an eddy? Like, it's like a a little, like, point in a stream where the the stream goes cir- circularly. mm Um, yeah, and the leaves get kind of caught up.
4: Mm. It's
1: interesting.
0: What does white supremacy have to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um. Maybe I'm i interested, interested just like to go back to this because we we talked for a, a second off air like about the new museum show on monumental, which was like ten years ago or like which which spoke to you know what at that moment was like a particularly like, thread of like I would say more retreating kind of broken sculptures that were like trying to not even aspire to you know trying to present like an an alternative path to like the normal notion of
4: monumentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my memory of that show is kind of, is a little bit blurred because I remember like a couple of things in it. Um, but I remember it having this kind of big presence. Um, but yeah, it seems like that show kind of maybe, and this is like, again, I feel like it happened when I was just finishing my undergraduate. Like it seemed like it kind of like brought, a higher degree of visibility to, like, a kind of, um, all these different kinds of sculptural practices, like, that wasn't really there before. That was kind of my sense of it. Like, I think I remember seeing Rachel Harrison's work, and that was, like, one of the main things I remembered. Um,
3: Totally. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a show that I didn't see, but... um was really aware of in in art school and have only engaged with, like, as a book. Mm. Um, but, yeah, totally Rachel Harrison's, like, the person that comes to mind when, I, to me, when yeah. I think of that show. Um, and I think it's, like, a great, like, super interesting thing to think about, again, now. But, um, like, I feel like a lot of that work sort of, you know, just through, like, the process of, like, culture changing um sort of hard to think about a lot of that stuff as being um unmonumental unmonumental. yeah like like like, you know if you if you like by canonizing something right it's like excellence in being unmonumental (laughs) that's that's like the process of like producing the monument or like you know producing um yeah, producing like important culture or something. So yeah, right. the
1: monument and the canon are kind of equivocal in
3: a totally. sense. Totally. But I think it's a great like idea and I think like, you know, maybe there should be like another one or something.
0: Well,
4: that would be
3: <laughs> Well or like unmonumental again. But the know. more they do it, the more
4: they will like perpetuate that process. I'll be back before.
2: The on mm.
4: the mm. mm. One thing to go back um, to the conversation about like how my work relates to monuments, which I think is like as a sculptor something you probably have to ask yourself, um, is I feel like the sort of monument space and like large scale space I think of as kind of like a primarily male dominated space. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I like to make work that's really large. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people have, uh, kind of, imply that my work is masculine in some way which mm. I think I always find interesting because they're sort of reading into it a kind of gendered normative idea of what my work should be as a woman um and I think I know that's been an interesting kind of space to explore for me
1: yeah the idea of like gender constraints on uh, sculptural form is really interesting yeah like both in terms of space, which is obviously, like, you can think of, like, literally, like, man-spreading. Right, right. The most sculptural sort of, like, Mm -hmm. meme of (laughs) 2017. (laughs) But also in terms of aesthetic and sort of
4: materials, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of...
1: It would be interesting to ask people what exactly they meant by that.
4: Yeah, I almost feel like it's... It's come up so much that I, my sense is that it, it comes from a place that's like very unfiltered, um, which is also really interesting. Like those assumptions just kind of, mm. are able to be given without much thought, and that's always, kind of surprising. Um.
3: What do you What do you think? Of, like when when you, when people like ask you about that, what do you? Do you think that's, like... Am I, like... Is that, like, interesting to you, or is it, like... Or do you just think, like, that's not even, like, a question you're considering? I think it's
4: a... I mean, I think it's something I have to consider because people ask me that question so much. So, like, if Mm -hmm. people are reading a certain thing into your work, you kind of need to investigate that. But Mm -hmm. um, I think it's... I find the question to be... Like I said, sort of coming from this place of like assuming what kind of work I should make based on my appearance or mm. what they know, like my name, or I'm not sure. Um,
1: that's a weird line of inquiry. I think like assuming that you need to investigate something because people are saying that your work is something that like obviously is people are putting a and attribute to your work that is clearly biased and not you know and in some way bigoted
4: yeah yeah. I mean I think it's um, it's not it hasn't like created an effect where I've felt like I needed to kind of unpack that further in my work I just think I mean I welcome like any feedback that anyone has for my work and so I'm like excited to hear anyone's thoughts in general so
0: but you're also you're kind of we're saying that you're like using that feedback by like playing into it in a way right like by the making the work almost like invite that i think more. it's
4: i think it's um a space that's like interesting yeah. and that i feel like i'm yeah i guess i'm interested in like kind of seeing seeing where that line is in a way potentially um But also just interested in like making the work I want to make and don't
2: Mm.
4: think that much about
0: yeah
4: don't want to think that much about like how how my own authorship is like um, gender considered yeah yeah Mm. yeah
0: should we pause for another second yeah sure here's what I'm thinking about the
3: basics.
4: Yeah, I think it'd be I'd really like to hear about how Yeah teaching has been and
3: Sure. Yeah, yeah.
4: How this year has helped you think about sculpture and in relation to that. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess I'm maybe more explicitly thinking about like um things like like the monument, um because I'm teaching freshman foundation three D classes and so I feel like I'm really just sort of thinking about like what like what is at the basis or like what what's like what what are the basics of like the three-dimensional world, you know, and the the classes that I'm teaching like one's more focused on like the built environment and the city um, as the sort of like fundamental three-dimensional space and the other is more focused on like o- objects and like making, you know, object, making objects or thinking about objects. Um, and so like form and function and things like that. But so I think generally I'm just like thinking much more like, um, like, uh, like back to the basics kind of brain, right. you know? Um,
1: so how do you approach your students on day one? of a class where you're
3: um well it depends on which class but right sorry yeah no no um the the class at cooper that's um sort of more about the built environment we start by just like looking at the classroom that we're in um which is a really strange space it's like kind of a hallway or like it's it's, like, between two elevators, and there's an elevator in the room itself.
4: I was actually there the other day, so I, I know exactly the space. Totally. Yeah. It's really strange.
3: <laughs> um, and, and so there's, like, a door to a hallway that has um, a really strangely shaped curved window. So, like, other Cooper students or, like, just other people are often, like, looking through that window into the room. And then there's this elevator that is actually in the classroom, which opens periodically and they're just people like trying to get to other floors or like maybe wanting to like cut through the building so um and then there are these giant windows that like look out at manhattan so um we start by just like looking at the like shapes and like the different kind of like you know surfaces and like thinking about this like this sort of circular elevator that's in the building that um is there because peter cooper um, when the building was built knew that elevators were going to happen um, and were like a thing of the future but like the technology wasn't exactly available yet so he sort of like left this circular void in the building to accommodate an elevator but like most elevators of course aren't circular so um,
4: actually a uh- the elevator was broken today. I happen to know that. Um, there you just go. Just on the side now. Yeah, no, totally.
3: I mean, and things like that, I think are, like, crucial to Peter talk Cooper, about.
2: Come
1: on. <laughs> they don't work. didn't foresee that.
2: <laughs>
3: because it's, like, like, there's a way that a lot of, um, like, young art students um, are approaching the world from, like, a really, like, drawing and painting perspective. And, like, and also like image like they're just like they're they're well versed in drawing painting and like, like dealing with images but think that they don't know anything about the three dimensional world but of course they encounter and deal with that every day and so like I just try to like make them aware of the conditions that they exist in and like how to sort of start critically thinking about like the reason that there's a circular elevator in our classroom or something like that
1: Um, yeah, I remember, like, the earliest piece I saw of yours, which involved a, um, a fan and a a box fan. Yeah. And I later (laughs) realized the reference point to Alice Acock and how you were already so much further versed in, um, (laughs) space taking up... (laughs)
3: Well, the funny thing is, though, that I had no idea who Alice Aycock was then. I was just, um, like, interested in, like...
1: Don't say that, but ruins the... <laughs>
3: well, but it's true, you know? And I think it makes sense because... Or it makes sense with what I'm saying because, like, like when you're, like, 17 or something, you know you know what Alice Acock is dealing with, but you probably don't know her work or you don't know that, like, dealing with, like, currents of air is, like hit like a historicized sort of like direction of sculpture or something Mm -hmm. you know so like I of course realized that later but at the time I was just like oh like these fans are interesting and like they can like move a fabric you know
1: yeah it was very interesting (laughs) highly recommend that piece (laughs) but
0: what do you see so like as a teacher because we were talking earlier about I mean Ann mentioned like some materials of the year or like how, how do you see like students relate to materials in a way that might you know is either different or I mean do, do we think of these things as stuff that kind of cycles through time or interest in various things and...
3: um well that's a good question I mean I guess I guess it's sort of funny because um right now I'm like sort of determining the You're materials they you. use yeah which yeah. like is a hard thing for me to do in a certain way um but we're kind of just, like, walking through, like, like cardboard and, like, wood and metal. And so, like, it's pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But also, like, I mean, is the, is the, the reason that they're, like, so much more familiar with drawing and image is because, I mean, sculpt there is, like, an economics to sculpture that's, like...
4: Yeah, I'm curious why... I think you're right about that, but I'm curious why you think that is.
3: Well, I think, I mean, one thought is that, like, just like yeah it's about space and it's about like taking up space or like having space or having access to space like if you make a sculpture it's like a big thing and then you have to put it somewhere so like like high school art classes I feel like often Mm. don't like teach kids how to make six foot tall paper mache sculptures because then they have like 26 foot tall things
4: That's true, but I feel like a lot of sculptural materials are also kind of, um, have an overlap with kind of everyday construction materials Mm -hmm. in a sort of foundational way that I do think people have access to maybe more than, like, paint, um, just, I don't know, I'm not sure why, but interesting.
3: Well, I think it's really about space, though, because, like, they might have access to these things, but, like, um... But maybe they don't consider them critically as material. Like, Hmm. you know, I just think that like most high schools are fairly conservative. And so like what is being shown as like exemplary art is probably like painting, Hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, there's an implicit gesture of taking up space and Mm -hmm. that this is worth the real estate.
3: Right, right, totally. Totally. Just
1: political and interesting in its own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about practitioners who are people of color or LGBT women, like people who are... People like Anne who (laughs) are told that their sculptures (laughs) are masculine, which is insane (laughs) to me. Um, But I guess not that surprising.
3: Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: how do you
0: so how do you start to nudge them into thinking about things in terms of both power and material away from this kind of 2D?
3: Well, I guess it's a gradual process, but um You know, I feel like a lot of people are interested in performance at that age. And so thinking about the kind of, like, performative aspects of, like, being in space and, like, sort of starting by, like, thinking about one's, like, subjectivity and sort of, like, body and, like, their, like, situation in space as a starting point is, like, something that has um, seemed interesting to young people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever seen Cats? The musical? Yeah. I have
4: not. The hit Broadway musical. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sadly have not. No. No. Me
3: no, me either. Oh. You,
1: I think
4: have I have this. a f- I have the sense that I would like it.
1: <laughs> I think you would. It um in terms of like performative performance Performance in the employ of sculptural like occupation of space there's none other <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's um that's a really appealing um, description of a, of a musical
0: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David have you seen it
0: no I've seen right. Um... <laughs> It looks interesting. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think, is he's interesting, I right? it's one of his plays, right? He, uh... I saw an ad for it in the airport recently. I mean, it looks... It's one of those things that you can't even imagine. It's like... You real. can't. Yeah. It's like... You can barely
4: You have tell. to go. Uh, is it available to attend now? Is it...
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh. It's, it's fully available. Yeah. Um... um mm-hmm. Yeah, the... I think it's like, it's. Wait, this isn't my podcast.
0: Bo- <laughs> this isn't your podcast. <laughs> Are we gonna edit this off? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I was about to go
1: on, like, my whole catch spiel, and I don't need to do that.
0: It's interesting, this kind con- I mean, the, like, threadlessness in this conversation is interesting to me. Like, uh, yeah, because, like, yeah, because well, which direction should we go?
4: I feel like. Might I run to the bathroom really quick? Yeah,
0: totally. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, what are we doing in terms? Of... Mm. Who
0: would who would speak to defend Richard Serra? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he makes very compelling spaces for people to walk around in. I don't know, you know, like as like if I were to take my mother to yeah an art space, I would take her to a Richard Serra sculpture and like walk around with her and then be like, oh, no, we're in the middle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> have you actually done this
4: with your mother? No. I have to admit, I've also pictured that exact scenario. Yeah.
3: Like taking your mother to a Richard Sarah Yeah, taking your
4: relative. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. It's, <laughs> it's relative art. It's, it's, it's relative art. It's a
3: relative <laughs> art. It's relative <laughs> art.
0: He's, wow. He figured out how to make art an experience, and you got you got to give that to him. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. He, yeah.
1: You know, head of the card.
3: Well Pun I guess,
1: also on the curve.
3: On the curve. Pun
1: intended. <laughs>
3: um but in in terms of producing experiences, like I think um, he's also like made a lot of like um, produced antagonistic responses as well as like true. people wanting to bring their mother to see his work.
1: Sure. Um you wanted to talk about <laughs> his response, or his, his work in a particular Yeah, there, there's,
3: a, there's a piece by Richard Serra um, from 1980 called TWU, which stands for the Transit Workers Union, which had been on strike when the piece was installed and he titled the work after them, which is sort of interesting. Um, but it's like an, you know, essentially an abstract um, sort of steel, vertical steel public Work um, in downtown Manhattan and um, I guess over you know the first year that it was um, installed there was like a lot of graffiti on the surface and like people were like wheat pasting like posters to it and stuff and using it as a space to like um, to drink in and kind of like because like the, there was an interior little, like, interior okay. spaces um, so they were like empty bottles strewn around um, but um, David Hammonds made these two artworks in 1981 that were kind of performative um, activations of the sculpture um, one is called shoe tree where he like tied the laces of sneakers together and threw them over the top of the sculpture um, so there were like a number of these like um, you know pairs of shoes sort of slung over the top of the sculpture so Um, You know, there was that. And then he made another work the same year called Pissed Off, where um, he went and um, pissed on the Richard Serra sculpture um, and had a photographer document um, this action. Um, But I think it's an incredible artwork. And, um, you know, you can see, like, his, like, urine splatter on the steel, which is already rusted, but like will, you know, produce a different reaction. Yeah, a different reaction. So it's a kind of like, it's like both a material and sort of like social activation of the sculpture. Um, yeah, and just a little known like David Hammond's work.
1: Yeah. A certain amount of male privilege in just being able to piss on the sculpture but we can <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, sure but this is um, <laughs> this is a black art a black male artist um, peeing on a white male artist's um, sort of large erect um, steel sculpture which was um, paid for by the city
1: um Shit, did I say white male privilege or just male privilege?
0: Just male privilege. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh,
4: <laughs> how do you feel like the documentation of that act is functioning in that piece?
3: I don't know. That's a, that's a good question.
4: It seems like... I mean, it sounds like an amazing piece. I'm really glad to know about it, but yeah, it's just interesting that its main existence is in the documentation.
3: I feel like it's almost like, um, like the pictures are funny, mm-hmm. like because David Hammonds is like, yeah, you know, tip like in in like classic Hammond style. He's right. like looking really good. Right, like right. His <laughs> outfit is really considered. He's wearing a dashiki and like khakis. Mm. And, um, like a plastic visor um so like the whole thing like it's just like like it looks great but um but I think it's kind of maybe even more interesting just like as a story or as an idea yeah. or something you know yeah um just you know maybe just like in in relation to like thinking about monumentality or something totally. like this is just like um Like maybe he was just like downtown and like had to pee, but like um, there's a way that like in sort of classic Hammond style like conflates or like kind of builds like like legend and sort of like um, uses language to like um, to kind of like electrify this like possibly just like happenstance situation. Totally,
4: totally. I'm probably more attracted to graffiti than I ever have been and it's not I don't know that it has any relationship to like the current situation mm-hmm. um, but I'm also not that into like I am more interested in these kind of organized communal responses than I am in like a kind of individual response um, And I'm also not, like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. just riffing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's just, all this makes me think about, like, um, like, the way that you use, like, things like tables, or, um, you use, at times, like, domestic, um, objects, and then sort of, like... Work against them or like um, remove parts of them.
4: Um, in what way?
3: Um,
1: or why does or, it make you? Think yeah, of why, that? yeah, why? Yeah, <laughs> why is graffiti
4: make you?
0: Because you're saying graffiti is like a response, to like an existing structure that either removes part of the facade or like alters it somehow or adds like. Yeah, like it's not it's not a removal of a facade, but it's like a
3: disruption. Like like you need you need a building to have graffiti, right? So like, it seems like you could think about graffiti as being kind of like some kind of pattern or some kind of like it's like a gesture against or with um, a larger
4: structural framework. Yeah. Structure. Well, well, I feel like I have actually been thinking a lot. More about architecture in this last year And I think I'm not sure if it's as a result of living in New York Where like Buildings are constantly being built around me In this kind of like oppressive way Um, But also Just thinking about These All of these kind of like reflective buildings That are like reflecting on each other And kind of creating these like Sort of psychedelic Reflective patterns Mm. And like essentially i've I've kind of been thinking about like how like the conditions are like sort of forcing like a response of something very like surreal or like psychedelic and like how like what what can be read into that like Mm. um and so anyway i feel like these what you're describing is actually very related to things i'm thinking about with my work and like Mm. um how, like, a disruption can be, how disruption of, like, a surface or a structure can be um, implemented or made or reflected on uh, as, like, a way of thinking about resistance or something Mm
0: -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I I mean, you just recently had three pieces, right, like, that were in Miami that were, like, of a scale that sort of started to like yeah seem to be pushing forward towards this kind of like more architectural yeah
4: yeah. I've I guess I've um I feel like I've always been really interested in architecture and kind of thinking about um I guess I guess something I've struggled with is like what is good design and like what is how to think about design as like a proposal for like functionality or like a proposal for use because I feel like I actually have I have very little sense of like what that is. Yeah. Um, so I feel mm. like I'm in a way more interested in like reflecting on existing design, be it like objects that surround me or architecture that surrounds me. And I think I'm kind of honing in on what that is. But um, but yeah, I feel like some of my newer work is, I'm aiming to scale it more towards like uh, an architectural scale and um hoping that it kind of uh brings up some of these kind of questions we're talking about mm.
0: do you think about good design um
3: I don't it's not necessarily but um but I've been thinking about architecture a lot also um not in relation to like good design necessarily, but um I mean, you had a piece like when
0: was the Baltimore piece where you had the you removed antenna, an antenna yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Place uh, it in an architectural, you know, uh, treasure, right? <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that
3: work had to do with like um, making a relationship or connecting um, a broadcast tower used by the police in Baltimore um, with a Mies Van Der Rohe building. Uh, residential building in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Which is the site of the, of the
0: work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but recently I've been photographing like construction sites in New York and like um, because I think you just said something about like the city is like under constant construction. Constant. Yeah. And I think that like as a condition uh, f- as a condition for an urban space is like totally psychotic um, and like anxiety producing Definitely for everyone it's kind of like horrible so um but basically what it, it does is that it it's like it opens up these like holes in the city like all over the place like they're always knocking down buildings and like digging deeper and then like laying new foundations and like building up from there so right. I've been taking all these photographs um from the street, like, looking through fences into construction sites, and, like, into the sort of lower levels of these, like, Yeah, which is sites. always
4: very disruptive Totally. To your sense of like, what is, you know, a surface and what is solid or something. Totally,
3: totally. Yeah, and I've been thinking about the surfaces that, like, like, they're usually f- framed by, like, chain-link fences or by these, like, plywood, like, hoardings, so they're, like, You know these different kind of levels of like visual blockage or like you know for me as like a person on the street i have access to these sites partially or like it's always a partial view of something so um so yeah thinking about the surfaces definitely yeah yeah
4: what are you working on matt
3: Um good question. It's a good question. Well, I'm I'm working on a lot of photographs at the moment um
4: of the architectural sites.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of that. I mean, um I guess I'm working on that and then I'm working on like a series of sort of like spatial um or like pieces that deal with architecture on a level of kind of moving parts of existing architecture around. Um, Like I made this piece this summer that um, involved like moving an air conditioning um, sort of duct cover from a hole in the floor and like flipping it over And moving it into the middle of the space, um, which opened up essentially like a large cut in the floor. Um, So it's work that's dealing with architecture by kind of like just like moving parts of existing architecture around um, to accentuate certain qualities of the space.
0: Yeah. Or was
3: that piece? That was at Abrams Art Center oh, right. in New York
0: City. Where you had a residency? Yes, yes, yes exactly. For part of the year? Yes.
3: Yeah.
4: Are, are you still there?
3: No, no, it ended um, in August. Okay. Yeah.
1: You're always, a part of you is still there.
3: A part of me is still there? That's <laughs> true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, that was like my only interjection. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Which part? <laughs>
3: That's a really good question. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Should we pause for another second? That
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the year 2017, in relation to sculpture but also other spheres of life, is sort of, um, the year is is maybe about um, or it could be read through the lens of flaccid male power. So it has to do with sculpture, it has to do with monuments. it has to do with like um, you know, changing canons in terms of like what artists were talking about or looking at or teaching, but it also has to do I think with these like other spheres that are um, trying to adjust, their practices right now and are, you know, we're going through a wave of like looking at a lot of um, powerful men losing their positions because of um, accusations of sexual misconduct. So um, it seems seems like there's a kind of like, you know, through line or kind of like um, a general condition that seems
0: uh active right now i mean you can't help but also like i mean what that makes me think of initially is how these stories often like involve but either like passages like doorways or like like systems of control physically or like people you know like matt lauer's like weird you know locking of the door like you know he had this thing that could lock his office from the desk sort of secretly or just like the way that, that um Yeah, that power has kind of been externalized and, like, where people can go and not go. Mm.
4: Yeah. um, I guess it's interesting to hear about the people, the sort of, like, sense of toppling, because I feel like that's Mm. not the sensation. That's not, like, my takeaway. Mm. Um, Although I wish it were. um, Mm. But... It's good to think about it that way because um, I feel like my most positive takeaway is just, like, the kind of, um, like, openness and communication that, like, more women seem to be having between each other about it. Um, I mean, it's great that people are, are you know, having to resign or being fired. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm curious, like, I'm skeptical that behavior will change as a result but I do feel some sense of um, optimism about, like, the dialogue women are starting to have Mm -hmm. and, um,
0: Are, yeah, yeah. And,
3: yeah, I mean I I kind of, you know, like I feel like in a way he um, he actually is pointing he's actually pointing at a kind Who is of he? Um, Trump. The, the president Trump. Yeah, uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's but he's pointing at his truth because yeah, like also washington was a major slave owner exactly. and, right, yeah. and he you know as as the first president um i think he's like yeah also is in line for, for he's at the root of all of
0: it like, right. yeah
3: totally yeah. because um what he's what he's pointing at in this tweet is that like um where can you stop and and the answer is like at the foundation of the country which is you know which is founded on the exploitation and sort of like um, brutal enslavement of um, black people and the sort of economic and political like everything in the country is like it is based around that fact and that history so he's right because where, where do you stop
1: recording live from miami (laughs) and i'm archiving this for the podcast over and out (laughs) great
3: that was beautiful thanks
1: yeah um yeah i feel like i was weirdly like Giving David a blow-by-blow of my (laughs) Miami experience.
0: Yeah, I got a full update of every step of. It seemed like a very long trip.
1: Yeah, no, it was a nightmare.
3: Were you there on um, professional terms, or no, um...
1: no, sadly. Oh my god, this is like. Wait. Okay. Oh. No, I I don't think I can record this because it's too personal. But.
0: let's find out.
1: <laughs> Last minute I used my miles to fly to Miami to surprise Brian cuz his birthday was Saturday.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And they were having a birthday dinner and I was like, okay, like I'm talking to like the people who are doing the birthday dinner and I'm going to like go and like su- surprise him and I'll just be there and no one will even know and like it's very nice. Um and then the snowstorm right, came I through on oh, I Saturday. Remember. Yeah. And then <laughs> my like two hour flight turned into a nine hour flight oh, no. with two angry babies. <laughs> and like by the end of it, I was literally like holding one of them like this.
3: <laughs> <Why don't laughs> like Someone had just passed you a baby?
1: Yeah. Well, no, it just, it had been so long, like, <laughs> while the mother, like, went to the bathroom, while the other one was, like, ah, 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 and I was just, like, oh, fuck. like,
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. So, you were on a plane for that long, or you were just, like, in, you were in the airport...
0: Or? Do you had know um, a lot of tweeting from the airport?
4: <laughs> I actually was with David for this whole time, so I did. I heard a blow-by-blow blow as it was
3: There was, like, a live tweeting. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Um, I was like, wow, the story sounds familiar. Oh, that's right. And David was hearing all of it, and I was just <laughs> sitting next to him the whole time. I was like, but I didn't hear once you arrived what happened.
1: Uh, once I got in at 12.30... I flew to the airport, was like, hey, babe, surprise didn't work. Oh, because you missed the party. Yeah, totally. Missed Uh. all of it. Uh. (laughs) Came in, and Brian met me in the lobby, and he was like, you look terrible.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Oh.
4: Yeah.
1: So that I was, was
3: that? Like... <laughs> 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 that was a surprise.
4: Uh-huh. So then were you there for
1: a day or? Uh, for about 18 hours, yeah. Nice.
0: <laughs> My other favorite party, I mean, <laughs> this doesn't have to, but I don't we remember what we were talking about, but then you, uh, we were talking about your, for something the bachelorette party came up, and you were like, and you talked about how you'd wanted your bachelorette oh, party right. with, with Eve. To just oh, to be about doing heroin yeah she <laughs> <Wait, what? laughs> really made me laugh really hard
1: <laughs> yeah that was my like wow. yeah when um, when we were in college I was like Eve you're my best friend and she was like I know and I was like if I ever get married I just want it to be you and me doing heroin <laughs> in a room <laughs> <laughs> the wedding itself or the bachelorette party? The bachelorette party. Okay. sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds cool.
1: <laughs> and she was like, okay.
0: <laughs> Tell my 50th so, birthday So, but today. did it happen? <laughs> no, it
1: didn't. Um, mm-hmm. No. No, it didn't. He
2: came up in Dallas, had no hazel in his eyes, had no sailors on his thighs, but his lady shone. Captivated on the side We were seeing someone We was dating on the side We were seeing double I was feeling full of We were spending so much time We was getting full of Love you. Yeah.